know, when marketing is handing off leads to sales, you know, HubSpot can reduce that friction because it's all in one spot. Or when sales is saying, okay, this is great. I'm about to close this deal. But what actually brought them to our product? Was it a blog post? You know, was it, did they convert on a form? Was it a webinar that we did? All of that can be tracked. I always, I always joke that there's always the, it's like the brother and sister fighting. It's marketing and sales pointing the finger at each other. You know, marketing's like, I gave you all these great leads. How come you're not giving us credit? And sales is saying, I sourced this lead. You didn't give it to us. And by having a single place where the alignment of marketing and sales is there and you use reporting and you use things like, you know, attribution to find that out, you, you stop that finger pointing and you realize that they start working together and they start to value each other more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the ROI Online Podcast, where we believe you... The courageous entrepreneurs of our day are the invisible heroes of our economy. You not only improve our world with your ideas, your grit, and your passion, but you make our world better. I'm Steve Brown, and this is the place where we have great conversations with winners just like you while we laugh and learn together. Jim Tata, welcome to the ROI Online Podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. So, you, you know, you're a channel account manager at HubSpot. You're my channel account manager. Actually, we're a HubSpot agency and mm-hmm. we've uh, worked together and gotten to know each other. So I really appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate you having me. I, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of what you've been doing in terms of creating um, content that's really uh, easy to consume and digest from the book to the podcast. And as, as you just said, we've been working together for a few years and I think we've been pretty successful in helping businesses scale. So thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fun and I appreciate you very much. So, so uh, Jim, people listening to this, they're entrepreneurs, they're small business owners, they're, you know, they're building businesses and they're confronting the things like, you know, now I'm getting ready to scale, but I got to get some technology put into this thing. And I don't know which technology there's so many out there and, and there's some good ones out there. And people ask me, well, Steve, why did you choose HubSpot? And, uh, you know, we decided we're going to be experts in HubSpot because I love their culture and it really feels right to our agency. Tell us a little bit about the HubSpot culture. How long have you been with HubSpot? Why did you start working there, et cetera? Yeah. So this is a, this is a good question. I have a little fun story about HubSpot, which I think translates into what your, your audience is looking to accomplish. So yeah, I've been with HubSpot for just under three years now. I started in mid 2018. Uh, my three-year anniversary is coming up in just a few weeks. Um, so it's been an awesome time here at HubSpot. I've been a channel account manager the whole time. So what that means is I work with agencies like ROI online, uh, when they have their clients that are looking to scale their business, you know, um, we're kind of the, the tech side and, and, you know, ROI online and agencies like yours are the ones who are kind of taking that tech and, and crafting the message. Um, I always use, you've probably heard this, Steve, on all the demos we've done, the, um, limo analogy where, you know, HubSpot is the vehicle, HubSpot's the, the mechanics behind what you want to accomplish. And agencies like ROI Online are, are the chauffeurs that that take that vehicle and drive it. Yeah. Um, but how do I get to HubSpot? This is a fun little story. So I spent the vast majority of my career uh, actually selling office supply contracts, B2B office supply contracts. Um, that, was, that was great, but I, I knew I wanted to get into the software world. 
And in 2016, I made the jump to fintech. And I worked for, I actually worked for a, a financial software company that would take traditional media payments and converted those to digital payments. Think of like your one-time virtual cards that you see. Hmm. Um, but, you know, at that company, we were using another, we were using kind of a cobbled together set of MarTech between marketing and sales. And we had brought on a director of marketing and she said, no, no, we need to bring on HubSpot. And uh, we brought on HubSpot. And this this is me working for a fintech startup in the Boston area. And HubSpot changed my life. You know, um, I remember I was I was smiling and dialing, right? Like the company had great messaging, had a had a great, you know, value prop, great mission statement, but I was still doing traditional outbound marketing, you know, calling. And then all of a sudden we introduced HubSpot and I got, you know, workflows, my meeting link. And I remember one Friday morning, I, I walked into the office and I opened my computer and I had two meetings booked for me on my calendar. And I was like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, I'm a salesperson. I'm supposed to get rejected eight times before I get a meeting. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, all, and, and then, and thus was born my love for HubSpot. Uh, fast forward a year from then, that uh, company got bought out by a company, a bigger version of the same company doing the same thing on the West Coast. And I actually had a colleague at HubSpot who said, hey, I can recommend you in. And I said, yeah, I, I need to stay local. I want to stay in the Boston area. And the rest, as they say, is history. I, I always joke, it's like the hair club for men. I'm not just selling it. I was also a client before, <laughs> before I started working for HubSpot. So that's kind of my history and, and what brought me here. It's hard to get a job at HubSpot, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I um, I had to get recommended in. You know, I, I had tried to apply the old-fashioned way before, but... Um, you know, it, you, you better write a good cover letter. It always helps to know a couple of people get referred in, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult spot to get a job. It's a coveted job regionally. And now it's starting to become a coveted job nationally. Um, and yeah, I feel very lucky to be here. Well, I just want you to know on the ROI online podcast, we've had JD Sherman mm -hmm. as a guest. Yep. We've had Christopher O'Donnell. Oh, wow. And now We've got Jim Tata. So. Wow. Well, the, the, definitely uh, not up to the caliber of those folks, but they are they are really, really amazing people to have on the podcast. And so it's it's always good to get different levels of the HubSpot family. And it, it's good to, to, to see that you've had such prestigious names on the podcast so far. I think one of the things value that I've gotten from HubSpot is all of the education, all of the introductions to forward thinking um, ways that marketing's going, that sales is going in the world right now. And why, why is HubSpot so tuned in to the, the pulse of all of that? Yeah, I think that's a phenomenal question. Um, it, those who are familiar with HubSpot probably are familiar with our blog and all of the great content we put out. That is, that is not even, it's not even like a veiled uh, advertisement, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like, um, we like to be thought leaders, right? So I think the reason HubSpot is so successful, especially among growing scaling companies is that not only are we offering a superb product, you know, the, the best CRM, the number one CRM, if you're scaling, but we're also going to give you some thought leadership. Um, I remember once again, tying back to my former life, I remember reading the HubSpot blog to get email templates for cold outreach or lines when I was making these calls. So yeah, it's, it's not, we're not just a tech company. We're thought leaders in the industry. 
So I've got a, a list of questions I, I want to ask because I hear them all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run through these and we're going to test you. We're going to grade you to see how you do. Okay. And um, no, I'm teasing. You're going to do great. But, but here, here we go. So like, what can HubSpot do for me as a business owner, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I'm going to do my best to not sound like I'm just spewing company lines here and give right. kind of my, my opinion on it. You know, you're going to hear me say a lot of two things a lot on this podcast. You're going to hear the best CRM or the number one CRM for scaling companies. And you're going to hear me say crafted, not cobbled. And, and the reason this relates to your question is that if you are a if you are a company and you're looking to set up your tech stack, not just MarTech, not just CRM, not just you know customer service, HubSpot is really like a one-stop shop for you to set up a platform and a single source of truth for all the departments in your business to work out of. So there's no friction and confusion, especially when you're team selling or you're trying to delight a customer. So when you say just one stop, there's all these different technologies that people want to use, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing that's exciting to me is like HubSpot's an open platform. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's why it's it's so funny. A lot of people who come to HubSpot, you know, expecting, hey, I need, you know, I need, I need an email blasting tool. We can do that. Oh, I need a customer service tool. I need a chat bot. You know, I need to, I need to measure my revenue for my sales team. So, and this is the reason we we have these hubs, HubSpot, is that you have these different hubs that can take care of these different aspects of your business. But the truth of the matter is we're most successful when we're used as a platform from the top of the funnel, strangers hitting your website to you delighting your customers post sale and keeping them happy and keeping them referring new business in. So yeah, it's, you know, I spend a lot of my first discovery calls with clients sorting that out. All right, what are you looking for? What are your goals? What are your challenges? Okay, here's my prescription. And what's funny is as I've, my tenure at HubSpot has grown, I found that more and more the entire platform becomes the answer versus just one piece. Right. And then to your original point of there's so much out there, you know, you can create an inbound marketing strategy with, with a bunch of different disparate tools, but you get, you get like a Frankenstein of systems and it, and it can be good and it can be cost effective, but you're going to spend a lot of soft costs, labor hours trying to connect those systems. So the benefit of HubSpot is, is the fact that it's all in one spot. And it's extremely scalable too. Mm -hmm. I, I can see, you know, as companies, you have to make decisions on technology, but it's costly and it's change management and getting people acclimated and oriented. And then later you figure out you've outgrown it Mm -hmm. and you have to start over. But the beauty about HubSpot, it's extremely scalable. I would agree. I, What's interesting is if you could hear the different types of Zoom calls I'm on all day. I, you know, I'll give you an example. I was just on a call yesterday with a bootstrap startup. That's two people, and they're trying to start a hard seltzer company. And then fast forward two hours later, I'm talking to a, you know, a two thousand person, you know, commercial real estate lender that needs an enterprise solution. And I think that's one of the things that's about HubSpot is is exactly right. Is it's scalable? Whether you are a solopreneur or you are that enterprise multinational company, we can now be that solution. And I would say five, 10 years ago, that may not have been the case. And we might've been thought of as not being able to handle that, but, but we definitely can now. And that that's been a goal of ours. So the next question I hear a bunch is what can I do with HubSpot? Yeah, that is, that's a loaded vague question in a good way. Um, (laughs) Because I mean, really you can do, uh, 
you know, we have our, we hit, we, we have our funnel. Well, now we have our flywheel, right. Where you have people who are searching you for the first time or strangers that are hitting your website for the first time, right. HubSpot can help you at that front where you're converting those leads. You're, you're gaining business Intel, you're gaining traction all the way through the entire customer acquisition process to the end where you have happy customers and you're sending out surveys or you're having them refer new business in. And really we can do everything in between. So what HubSpot can do when someone asks me that, I usually say, whoa, we need to take a step back. What do you want HubSpot to? What are your goals? And then let's go from there because it's so powerful. And if you really want me to talk about everything HubSpot can do, I need about a four to five hour meeting with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'd like to, I like to answer that is this, we, we think that our website is supposed to like get us some leads. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we're stuck as a business owner. It's like, this is where the world is going to revolve around this website. That's getting us leads. But what you, but what you realize after a little bit is that let's assume it's successful and a lead comes in mm-hmm. what's well, coming into your organization. Who's it going to, what are we going to do with this lead? Who's going to follow up? Are we going to document conversations? Right. Right. What are the resources that we're going to use in that process? Mm-hmm. And then, then how do we communicate with them if they become a client? Or a and customer? then if, if there's, if there's change at our company or we're team selling, where do we go to find out, you know, the, the, the tale of the tape, where do we get that recorded history from when they first filled out a form on our website, all the way through to when they first engage with us one-on-one and our mm-hmm. sales team. And then after that, when they were assigned, you know, maybe they were onboarded onto our product or then they were assigned a customer service rep, you know, where can we go to get a single source of truth there? And yeah, to your point, the outreach, the streamlining and the recorded history of that can all be done within our tool. Yeah. Imagine a centralized place that everybody looked at a client's contact record and Mm -hmm. could see the history of, of communications from your team, the history of visits documents viewed, downloaded, pages on your website viewed, all these things, they're right there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a cohesive tool that you coordinate your team to better serve the people that you develop a relationship and bring into your organization. Yeah. And, and uh, another phrase we hear a lot in that same vein is reducing friction, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when marketing is handing off leads to sales, you know, HubSpot can reduce that friction because it's all in one spot. Or when sales is saying, okay, this is great. I'm about to close this deal, but what actually brought them to our product? Was it a blog post? You know, was it, did they convert on a form? Was it a webinar that we did? All of that can be tracked. I always, I always joke that there's always the, it's like the brother and sister fighting. It's marketing and sales pointing the finger at each other. (laughs) You know, marketing's like, I gave you all these great leads. How come you're not giving us credit? And sales is saying, I sourced this lead. You didn't give it to us. And by having a single place where the alignment of marketing and sales is there and you use reporting and you use things like, you know, attribution to find that out, you you stop that finger pointing and you realize that they start working together and they start to value each other more. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that that's the reduction, you know, not only the, the great streamlining of external communication, but the reduction of friction internally among teams yeah. has been a huge benefit. Huge. Yeah. I love that. So, Here's the next question I get often. So Mm -hmm. what does HubSpot do for marketing? Wow. That is, that is once again, a very loaded question because HubSpot, you know, started out as a marketing platform, right? 
So, I mean, if we're rattling off features, right, we can, we can create your content through, you know, we can have your blog, we can, we can actually host your social media, we can do your email marketing, that in and of itself can replace three or four disparate tools, right? But really what, what I like to say, if I'm simplifying it for marketing is we can streamline your top of the funnel activities from conversion all the way to handing it off to a one-to-one conversation, whether it's sales or account management. So it's, it's not only about the creation of content, it's about measuring the conversion and making sure that your communication is effective. You know, think about what you're expecting of your marketing person in your in-house. Okay. So I want you to like write this great article. Let's get it on our blog. Let's push it out to social media, but then let's measure to see if it's any good. And then let's, let's document who's looking at it. And if they filled out a form and what did we follow up to nurture them a little further to where we do get to have a sales conversation. That's a huge expectation. And I think you, the, the key word you said there was measure, right? Because when you have everything in one place versus a cobbled together MarTech platform, it's tough to measure. You know, I, I've seen people who have a cobbled together MarTech platform who are trying to measure in an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet. And they're like, well, they hit this. And then this is the conversion. Whereas I say, hey, if, if you move to HubSpot, you know, we have this kind of reporting out of the box. So, so measuring, measuring that effectiveness doesn't disrupt your team from creating great content and doesn't disrupt the sales team from having to, to put together numbers in terms of leads coming in. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think, I think if you're talking about the platform play, if you're talking about uh, consolidation of tools, measure is, is a big part of that. So you're listening or watching. We're having a great conversation with Jim Tata. He's a channel account manager with HubSpot. He's my channel account <laughs> manager and we're successful together. So I tell you what, uh, Jim, here's another question I get is like, what is HubSpot sales? Yes. So HubSpot, so you talked about marketing, right? And, and funnel funnels kind of a dirty, bad word because we've retired the funnel. We've moved on to the flywheel, but just for today's podcast demonstration purposes, I want you to visualize a funnel. So you talked about HubSpot marketing. That's like that top of the funnel that Mm -hmm. we're talking about, right? Conversion, get them, you know, nurture those folks. Now HubSpot sales is when you take that top of the funnel and you change that one to many marketing conversation to a one-to-one sales conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's where you have, okay, great marketing qualified lead. They, they've ne- they're now a sales qualified lead. Let's talk to them one-to-one. And however your organization decides to transition that conversation, that's where HubSpot sales can help. You know, if someone hits the pricing page on your company's website or fills out a certain form, right? That's where you can say, okay, time to assign this to a salesperson and have a salesperson act and try to get that, that first meeting with them or whatever you, the first step in your sales process is. So it's a set of tools. Actually, what is sales hub? Yeah. yeah what is yeah, what is HubSpot Sales Hub? Sales yeah. Hub is that is are those one-to-one sets of tools that we're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, so early on in this conversation, I talked about the the idea of when I walked in, all of a sudden I had meetings. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea of someone filling out a form, being converted, getting an email from me, a one-to-one email from me and getting my meetings link. Those are some of the examples of the sets of tools that come in with HubSpot sales. And oh, by the way, you know, our HubSpot has a free CRM, which I know we're going to talk about in a bit, but mm-hmm. a lot of the sales tools are enhancing the free CRM with your one-to-one outreach. And you yeah. can, all, on top of that, now I'm, I'm really talking with that first Chevron 
in the funnel transition. Now, on top of that, you can measure your revenue. You can create your opportunities. You can make sure that your sales team is following the processes through playbooks and through measuring, you know, deal records. Um, so, so really it's, it's to your point, it's a set of one-to-one tools to not only start the conversations on a one-to-one basis, deepen those relationships, and then you can manage and measure the pipeline on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. You know, imagine, so you you ha- have a salesperson, mm-hmm. right? And you, so you're expecting the salesperson to document their activities because you're trying to get an idea of whether they're being effective, how you can support them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you're trying to figure out what they need as far as a template or or uh, some materials that they could send on that would support them in their sales process. Mm-hmm. You've, you've set a, a, a schedule on a calendar with a salesperson before. And so if you, these things are, you have to Frankenstein a system together generally to coordinate that and empower the salesperson to be more effective online. And that sales hub has them all nicely integrated so that actually we're not expecting that salesperson to do extra documentation. We're actually supporting and facilitating that sales person with, with helpful materials and technology. Steve, are you trying to say that salespeople avoid admin work? I, <laughs> I hate it. Right. I always, here's what, as a salesperson is like, well, they want me to fill out a report. Well, you know, if you're wrong or you didn't put the right time or whatever, you're just like, well, Steve, you're, are you being honest here? I was like, Dude, I'm, you're asking me to do report, but report on myself, give you a, a cudgel to hit me with because I'm not hitting my quota when I am hitting my quota. And it's like, you want to avoid these inherently as a salesperson to, to, because it's hard enough just to sell. I would agree. I, I think another thing that, that's great about our sales tools is that sales is a science of numbers. And I, this is long before my time at HubSpot. I believe that if you can reverse engineer, you know, your revenue goals from, all right, if I need to hit X amount of dollars in my quota, that means I need to close X number of deals, which means I need to have X number of proposals, X number of meetings, X number of calls, and you reverse engineer that. I think with HubSpot, what's great about that is once you have those numbers established in terms of what's effective, as a salesperson, you can focus on selling. My emails are automatically being logged. If I'm creating enough deals and I know I'm hitting my deal creation numbers, I can feel good that it's automatically being measured. And my my manager, my director, whoever I'm reporting to as an individual sales contributor knows what I'm doing without me feeling like I'm doing data entry. You know, I, I would say that's been the biggest thing. And then Two other aspects that are huge are, are the playbooks. So if I'm conducting a meeting for the first time, oh man, this is my first time selling this really complex deal. Mm-hmm. I have a playbook that I can follow. And then on top of that, okay, if I'm moving this deal through our stages as we have it set up as an organization, okay, I'm going to move this from discovery to negotiation. Oh, nope. I actually have to have these aspects filled out. I need to know this information. So I always joke that these tools, these one-to-one sales tools keep sales leaders from having to micromanage by just instilling a process that they don't always have to be checking in on. It's just there. And in order to move the deal forward, you need to have the right pieces of information. So here's another question I get is like, is HubSpot a good CRM? I mean, I would say we are the number one CRM for scaling companies. Um, And what I mean, and what we mean by that is that if you, you know, you started off by saying, if I'm an entrepreneur, if I'm someone who's establishing something uh, from a business standpoint, we are 
the best choice for that. And clearly I'm biased, <laughs> but, but what I mean by that is that we, because we can handle these businesses of all these different, you know, sizes and industries, we are probably the best CRM, especially if it's your first foray into looking into this tool. Um, and I would, because of the, the different levels from our free to our starter, to our professional, to our enterprise, you know, and, 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 you know, once again, biased answer, we have a stellar sales team that can help discover, prescribe, and diagnose based on your needs. So yeah, I would say we are the best if your company is scaling. I've worked with a bunch of CRMs. And when I ran into HubSpot, it's so intuitive. It's so easy. It's easy to customize. It's There's so many things about it that really made my job as a a salesperson, easy. Mm -hmm. It's intimidating to adopt a new software. Oh, especially, especially if you're looking at some of the bigger players out there, you know, you know, you have your sales forces, your dynamics, all of those. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to deny those aren't powerful pieces of software, but the word intimidating, you know, is almost an understatement there because mm -hmm. there's, there's, uh, when I was with that office supply company and I was, I was managing a sales team, I used to have to create reports. Yeah. And not in HubSpot, you know, in Salesforce. And I, I got pretty good at it, but then, you know, I was almost like the goat. I almost became like an engineer <laughs> because then people, other sales managers coming to me, Hey, can you make this report for me? Cause I knew the, I knew how to do it. Whereas HubSpot to your point, the UX is just as powerful, but it's much, much easier for someone. You, I mean, you don't have to hire an admin to use our software. I think that says everything. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to pause right here and tell you about a book that you need to get today. It's the funniest book on marketing. It's called The Golden Toilet. Stop flushing your marketing budget into your website and build a system that grows your business. And guess who wrote it? That's right. I wrote it. And I wrote it just for you because I want to help you get past the last hurdles of setting up your business and getting it squared away. I wrote it so that you could avoid time, wasting time, wasting money, wasting frustration. Get the book on Audible. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Amazon. But get the book, take advantage of the insights in there, and let me know what you think. And now, back to this excellent episode. You know, as a salesperson, I was really impressed at the quality and the the act like the sales acumen that the HubSpot sales team has. I was, it was really apparent that enlightened sales was in play at HubSpot. Mm -hmm. And then they designed this CRM that their salespeople use on top of that. It's like, if you think about you're wanting to implement some sort of sales CRM in your, your company, why are you thinking that? Well, I need data. I need to help my salespeople more effective. I need to create kind of a system so that everyone's selling at a higher level just because we're following a system. And then I need to document, so what can I predict my revenue with? There you go. That's the HubSpot CRM. Yeah, I think you're exactly right in terms of sales enlightenment. And, and, and you know, just to, you, you, it's funny how everything's coming full circle because you said it's hard to get a job at HubSpot. And, you know, I'm a channel account manager for, for, for all intents and purposes. I'm an individual sales contributor at HubSpot, but I'm a former manager of a sales manager of a Fortune 500 company. A lot of, a lot of the people in my role at HubSpot are not your usual 
sales journeymen or journeywomen. It's it's a lot of people who, you know, were former managers, were former sales trainers and 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 came back to be an individual contributor because being an individual contributor at HubSpot involves a lot of consulting, involves a lot of almost you need that management style experience to to talk through that. So yeah, I, I, it makes me happy to hear that you've seen that because a lot of the the colleagues I work at who are individual sales contributors are former sales managers at other organizations. So next question I get is like, why is HubSpot CRM free? (laughs) So we have our CRM that is free because because it's a lot like Spotify. And, And it's so funny, when I first got hired by HubSpot, that was the first analogy they taught me, was they said, it's like Spotify. And I went, how is HubSpot like Spotify? We're talking about a business CRM and a music streaming service. And they said, well, think about this, you know, if you want Spotify free, you can get your core goals done in listening to music. Pick your artist, right? You can, you can, you know, you can save some things, but not everything. You can't download. You know, it's it's you can do what you need to get done, but it's very manual and not streamlined. And then all of a sudden you get a Spotify membership. You get unlimited skips, you can save more, you know, you get the higher quality streaming. Same idea with HubSpot is that. You know, our free CRM is an excellent tool, especially if you're a, a solopreneur or, you know, you're, you're very strapped. It's an excellent digital Rolodex, and we have some excellent free tools that come along with that. Now, as you start to hit that ceiling of streamlining, okay, now I want to send more emails because I want to start doing, you know, proper email marketing, or I want to replace a MailChimp. And okay, these leads are excellent that I have with HubSpot starter level, but now I actually need some automation because I don't have the bandwidth to follow up. Okay, time to go to professional and get some automation. So it's free because if you're scaling, we want to scale with you. And I always use the Spotify analogy tends to have people understand it the most. But I would say, you know, I get on a lot of sales calls where folks are like, I love HubSpot. This is awesome. And, but we're just starting out. I said, no matter what, Sign up for a free CRM and get in there and use that as your system of record. And then ideally, you'll get the ROI on the level you're at and you'll start seeing the return on that investment, pun intended with this podcast, <laughs> and you'll start to you know scale up as you need to. And that's kind of the idea of the, the, the freemium, as we call it. You know, when, when they rolled out the CRM and, and said it was free, I... I thought about it for a while. It's like for a couple of months, I'm, I kept asking myself, but what was the strategy of rolling out such a great tool that they could legitimately charge for? I mean, it's competitive with Salesforce and others, right? And sure. and why, but why are they giving it for free? I kept asking myself. And then, then it kind of hit me as an agency, my challenge working with a business owner is moving them from a marketing centric website centric mindset into that. We're actually empowering your sales process by designing assets across your platform to support your sales process. And it, it just dawned on me that by going sales first, getting set up in a CRM, You've just helped me set my business owners up for success because now we're thinking, right, what assets should we create to support the sales process? Well, that would be something they would fill out a form and download. What would that be? Well, that's coming from a landing page. Now we're walking in backwards and we're actually set our team up for success even better because we're thinking sales first instead of marketing first. 
Right. And I talked about almost reverse engineering that funnel from what we mm-hmm. need. And it's almost like, it's almost like you're reverse engineering and then you're like, oh, okay, this is where we need help. So we know what our goals are. We know what we need to do to be, be a profitable business. Let's reverse engineer that with the number of meetings. And then, and then, okay, we have our one-to-one metrics down, but how many leads can, how many conversions, how many marketing qualified leads do we have coming in? How can we fill the top of that funnel? And then once it's full, how do we turn that funnel into a flywheel so it's constantly feeding itself and we're delighting customers and there's referrals? So yeah, I think I think that's spot on in terms of you know a, a good reason why we've probably made that shift in recent years. Yeah, so smart, and you know it just helps you think about what the activities that we're helping your team do is grow the value of your business, not just get leads. You know, it's like we're, there's all these other activities. We're actually building an asset that's going to be evergreen and valuable. And at some point, if you if you sell your company, think about this conversation. The person is buying your company is going to go, well, how am I going to pay for this? Well, let me show you right here in our CRM. Look at this data here. Look at all these contacts that we have contact records that are generated at least three or four a day. Then that drops into this follow-up system and not everybody's at the same stage. So they're going to hang back and evaluate. Perfect. We've got emails nurturing, keeping them up to date on what's going on so that when they're ready, what do they do? They're going to raise their hand. And then when they raise their hand, it gets delegated to salesperson B. And that process is automated through yes. the workflow. Like it, that, that, that process is there. It's not like you, you're relying on someone to, to move those levers manually. It's, it's so funny. You talk about those metrics and what you need and you're someone buying your business. I always watch Shark Tank and yeah. you can tell, you know, it's almost like, it's almost so simple. You can tell who has a CRM and who doesn't because they know their numbers. And yes. Mr. Wonderful is always like, well, you know, you know, he's like, what, what's your average margin? You know, how many, how many customers do you have? What's your existing client? And you know, what's your attrition? And I'm just like, when the people are rattling off numbers, like, oh, they're measuring that and they know. Mm-hmm. And it, it all comes down to what you've chosen to, to measure that. And if you know it, and I think a, a tool like a CRM and HubSpot specifically is excellent at, at getting you started and perfecting that for you. So if, if you could describe the perfect person, perfect business owner, that's a perfect fit to take advantage and exploit the tools that HubSpot offers, what would that person look like to you? Yeah, oh, that's a what yeah. would their company look like to you? Yeah. Well, it's, I almost don't want to put it in too much of a box from a comp, mm-hmm. from a size, but when I say I find the companies that are most successful with HubSpot, specifically the decision makers or the owners mm-hmm. are the ones who are open-minded yeah. in the sense that they are not too hung up on previous processes or previous pieces of software. It, it, you know, obviously we can handle you know, we, we replace the the big names all the time, but in terms of getting yourself set up, I find it's it's companies who want a crafted solution that's there for them. They don't want to be using duct tape to take old pieces of software and connect it to this and do that. It's 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 an it's an open mindedness to your tech stack that will allow you to really streamline everything. I find CRM or marketing implement implementations that don't succeed are when companies are too hung up on previous software or outdated software or pieces of software that just won't connect. Yeah. I would, so I would say it's, it's, if I had to use one phrase, it's open-mindedness is, Love is that. The, the, 
the mindset. And I, I, I agree because I always think they, people ask, well, Steve, uh, what's, you know, what's the segment that you, you specialize in? And, and I, I finally landed on it and it's a progressive minded business leader who's recognized that if they're going to scale, they need to get their technology stack, the foundation solidified and in place. And that means they have to choose technology that be able to grow and scale and adopt other unique technologies that's unique to their industry. And so what are they doing? They're searching for that platform that's open and that can scale. And guess where that is? That's HubSpot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it's so funny. We didn't even rehearse that, that we both thought open-mindedness was the answer. Um, it, it's almost like it gets, as a business owner, it gets to a point where I love using car shopping as an analogy. Uh, it's just, as you can tell by doing the limo analogy earlier, yeah. but like if you're a business owner, it almost gets to a point where like, okay, I'm done buying aftermarket parts for this vehicle. I need a new vehicle. And that's kind of where HubSpot comes in is when you're finally at that decision as a business owner said, I need a vehicle that was crafted intentionally altogether versus mm. one that was put together after the fact. Yeah. And that's the simplest way to put it. Excellent. So, Jim, you're in a band. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, I am in a band. I, I've, I've dabbled in a bunch of bands between cover and original and, and COVID, you know, full disclosure, COVID has definitely decimated a lot of musical prospects. Um, but right now I'm kind of a free agent, but uh, I'm still playing and I'm, I think I'm looking to get back into the cover band scene here in the Boston area. Yeah. Seems like all the bands, all the great bands come out of Boston. Why is that? Uh, I think what happens is we all get very miserable in these long, cold winters and write beautiful <laughs> music about it, uh, as as seen by like, it's negative ten with the wind chill today. Uh, no, I think I think I think Boston's really a, a cultural hub for America, along with many others. But mm -hmm. I think you know you'll see a lot of great music coming out of Boston because of of kind of the it's a great mix of progressive folks, as you can see with our colleges and our medicine, but then you also have a lot of blue collar folks and we all are miserable to a sense because, you know, before the year 2000, our sports team sucked and we have terrible winters. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of, of misery and hardheadedness and progressiveness creating art. So that, that's my opinion on it. So you're watching or you're listening to uh, Jim Tata. We're having a great conversation. He's channel account manager at HubSpot. Jim, what's one question that I didn't ask that you would love to answer? Yeah. One question that I'd love to answer. I put me on the spot here with this one. Um, yeah. Are we talking about, about HubSpot or about life in general? Life in general, HubSpot, whatever it is. <laughs> We're, we're digging here. Um, I would say uh, probably one question I'd love, I'd I would have loved for you to ask that I could answer is how is HubSpot handling COVID right now? How is HubSpot handling COVID? <laughs> and I'm, I'm speaking more or less from a personal standpoint, because I can't speak for the company on yeah. that sense. But, you know, for me, I was really, it's really interesting. I live about an hour outside of Boston North. I live in Southern New Hampshire and um, I was what they called a semi-remote employee before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, I would go in once or twice a week, important dates. Cause I'm like, it's an hour drive, but I would work from home three to four days a week. Mm -hmm. And I have, it's all in, in, I think two weeks, it'll be officially a year since I've set foot in the HubSpot offices. Wow. Which is, which has been, which has been odd and different and strange for me. Cause I, 
I like working from home. I got two young kids, but I need to go in and recharge and like plug into the mainframe for a bit. Yeah. So that's, that's been, that's been tough. Um, HubSpot has allowed us to go fully remote, which has been such a blessing with, you know, the kids being home, at least for part of 2020. Now they're back in school, but I, I think HubSpot has done such a phenomenal job in, in adapting with COVID as you can see by our results. I mean, I think a big reason for that, is there are so many businesses that are remote now that didn't plan on being remote. Yeah. And they need a sales tool or a marketing tool like HubSpot because they need a centralized single source of truth. So I would say both internally and how we're handling things at HubSpot, allowing employees to go remote, and then externally allowing companies who are having a tough time navigating COVID. I think, you know, you never want to say there's a silver lining to this terrible year we've had, but I think, you know, the silver lining we're going to get out of this as, as a society is that remote work isn't as difficult as we thought. And I think HubSpot's been an exemplary um, example or exemplary kind of player in that game. How many employees does HubSpot have now? Uh, let me let me verify because it's changing because we're hiring so much. Um, I want to say it's around 3,000, but let me make sure. Let me see. Oh, yeah. 30, right as of 2020, it was 3,387. So I guess my mind was right there. Yeah. So 3,000 worldwide. And you know, headquarters is in Cambridge, Mass. And, and I'm, I feel very lucky to be within an hour of there. So HubSpot's like this international company has locations around the globe. They have 30, over 3,300 employees. And one day they just transition to full remote. And we've always had fully remote um, employees even prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. because, you know, great people, there are certain great people who can't be within striking distance of an office. But it's just now even folks like me or, or you know, there's a lot of folks who live right in downtown Boston or at least in surrounding areas who all of a sudden can't go to the office. And the HubSpot offices are awesome. They were, you know, can't the candy wall, the coffee garden, the beer garden. It, mm-hmm. it was an awesome place. I actually feel bad for the folks who actually did rely on the office space five days a week who can't. I, it's been a tougher transition for them. Yeah. So think about the technology that has to be in place to continue on communicating, documenting, growing, communicating the vision, you know, communicating outcomes, designing all this, all this stuff going on. And, and HubSpot had actually positioned themselves to excel in that, that environment. And consequently, the tools that they design help you to do the same with your company. I think that's very clearly and succinctly put. That's exactly it. And I think that's why we were able to navigate this pandemic in such a, as smooth as we could. I wouldn't call it smooth, but in a, in a fairly smooth manner. Yeah. Even my organization, we're, we're way more uh, remote now. Just even people that usually would come into HQ, we're working from home more. And, and things are like... You worry about the culture, you worry about the momentum, you worry about all the little side conversations and all the value that that brings. But somehow, actually, we've uh, we've replaced it. Not that we don't want to see each other, but but it's like we're we're synced in. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. I'm going to turn the tables, ask you a question. <gasps> <laughs> As a business owner it seems like you're, you're open-minded and you're ready to adapt. Have you, have you, what are some of the benefits you've seen as a business owner to this pandemic? What's the, what's your silver lining? So there's a cost of travel that 
to and from the office. Okay. And so you have expenses, but you're, you're a little bit disconnected, or maybe that's a lot more time away from your family that you could hang up from work, document the outcome, do whatever, and then turn around and be immediately engaged in with your family. The other thing is like, you used to be like, oh, be quiet in there because I'm on a call. But now it's like, you know, the kids run through the background, the dog walks through and everybody's like, oh, you're a real human. I, it's so funny, you know, being in sales, we learn a lot about, you know, sales tactics. And to your point, what used to be seen as a detriment is now endearment. It's like, hey, we're all human. We're all going through this. Sorry, my dog's barking. Sorry, my three-year-old's crying. They're like, no. And then you get this human connection and it makes the sale easier. Yeah. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying there. I've been on calls where like, you know, the kids pops in and ask if they can have candy. I've been on a call where you could hear the the chicken barking or <laughs> chirping, whatever a chicken does outside the window. You know, it's like we have these really funny, funny things that happen, but it makes work more fun. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And it's so funny. I when I was going into the office, I would leave my house at, you know, 6.30 or 7 in the morning, get home get home at 6.30 or 7 at night. But, you know, two hours of each bookend was traveling. To your point, the cost of travel, not just in hard dollars, but in time. And now I'm on my computer starting at 7 a.m. I'm signing off at 7 p.m., but I'm, but I'm still doing things for my house and my family in between. So mm-hmm. I would argue net-net, my corporation or my company is getting more hours out of me now. Yeah. And then uh, one last funny story uh, that I that – one other silver lining of this pandemic for me is I, uh, I leased a brand new truck in October of 2019 and I was so excited and I was like, okay, but I drive a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I, I negotiated a, you know, 15,000 mile a year lease mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so in almost two years, a year and a half, realistically, I've only done 8,000 miles on the truck and I should be at around 20 or 25. Wow. So it's, it's, it's to your point, it's, you hate to put it in such rigid terms, but the, there's literally a cost. There's literally cost savings that if you can s- step back, realize and take advantage of it, you can, you can make the best of this crappy, crappy past year we've had. Totally. And the other thing, you know, as a sales person, like we used to be able to go shake hands with people and meet them and have coffee and those things. And and I miss those, but the flip side of that is I've actually taught a lot of business owners how to start using Zoom, seeing the opportunities of remote technology can mm-hmm. empower the team as as opposed to being a barrier or this intimidating technology. I would agree. I think if you're doing like, you know, you're training on the old school bond and rapport, they used to say sit across from the table and mirror and match and match their tone. And you can't do that anymore. Uh, so it's so funny. You have to learn almost a zoom bond and rapport. Uh-huh. And like, I very intentionally put this guitar back here. Cause it's a great conversation piece, especially people who are interested yeah. or, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have, you know, or like I'm wearing a guns and roses shirt. I've worn, yeah. I wore this shirt a couple months ago and someone's like, Oh, I love guns and roses. And it started off a great sales conversation and it's that human element. So yeah, I would say it's, you can still use those same sales tactics, but you got to change the etiquette for zoom. That's a guitar. I thought it was a ukulele. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is an old school, an old school. Les Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, this has been fun, man. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think the folks yeah. that have listened to that, that are, you know, thinking about, you know, marketing automation, sales automation. How do I, 
how do I move my company to be more effective online, to be more relevant, to compete? It's uh, HubSpot's a beautiful option for a lot of companies. You know, it, we we understand there's a lot of competition out there, which is why we feel we're the best for scaling companies, and that's kind of what I've, we've been focused on. And 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 I think I think you know it's an, it's an excellent tool. I can tell you before I was even an employee and before I became very biased, it changed my life as a as an individual sales contributor. So um, I'm a believer in it, and and you know if 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 I'm ever not working for HubSpot down the line, I'm sure I'm going to try to use it wherever I go because mm-hmm. of because of the the friction it's reduced and, and the time and, and the stress it saved me. All right. Jim, you're a great guest on the ROI Online podcast, man. Well, Steve, thanks for having me. This I think this is like my first official business podcast. I mean, I've been on like fun music podcasts, but this is my first official business podcast. So thanks thanks for having me. And, and uh, I know you and I have a lot of conversations ahead of us since we'll be continuing to work together. All right. Awesome. Thanks. And that's a wrap. All right. Thanks for listening to another fun episode of the ROI Online Podcast. For more, be sure to check out the show notes of this episode and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I can help direct you to the resources you're searching for. To learn more about how you can grow your business better, be sure to pick up your copy of my book, The Golden Toilet at surprise.goldentoilet.com. I'm Steve Brown, and we'll see you next week on another fun episode of the ROI Online Podcast.